Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks that we can gather together, that we can gather together virtually as a faith community uh, following in your son's footsteps. Help us during this season of being at home, dive more deeply into our understanding of what it means to be in community with one another. Help us this morning hear a word from you so that we might embody that word in the world. And it's in your Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, so this morning we're going to continue our theme on community. Uh, themed after the uh, sitcom series, Friends. And uh, this is going to be an opportunity for us to uh, explore what that means like Uh, means within the context of uh, motherhood a little bit today as well. Um, But before we go on a little bit more about what we're going to do going forward for today, but I want to talk a little bit about where we've been together. We began this series uh, in talking about one of the first steps in friendship and community is by a step towards making space for the other. And we use the story of of Jesus making space for Thomas um, and his doubts and all that he was. Um, We also move forward and start talking about what does it mean to gather around the table together. And uh, this morning we're going to talk about what does it mean to uh, build one another up together. But before I go there, I'm, I'm just going to divulge a little bit of mother conversation since it is Mother's Day and a shout out to, uh, just like Mahe got a shout out to his mom, I'm going to get a shout out to my mom. I grew up uh, as a swimmer, a hockey player, doing all sorts of different sports. Um, but if there's one of the things that I remember about those times when I would play sports, that even when I was found my head you know, in the water and I was swimming as fast as I can with all the noise, every time I would come up to breathe, you know, you could just hear someone's voice uh, louder than everyone else's voice, no matter how uh, many voices you heard or how much splashes were going on. And that was the sound of my mom just yelling at the top of her lungs. It sounded like at least, go, Brian, go, Brian. And no matter where I was, whether it was in cross country or hockey or, you know, whatever I was doing, I could hear my mom cheering me on from the stands or from wherever she found herself uh, or the side of the soccer field. Uh, she was just enthusiastic about supporting me, and I just kind of remember that as a, a takeaway uh, from my growing up, uh, that, where she would just cheer me on. Um, but fast forward now to finding myself as a parent. Um, there's a new voice that kind of rings around, and that's a similar voice. Uh, yesterday, uh, we got to get out on the water, and uh, Hudson, my oldest son, took out his surfboard, because we have a little bit of waves in Kailua right now, and he, you know, got out there, and normally I kind of push him from behind, and he kind of tries to get up or not get up, and instead he just, you know, jumps up on the board uh, and catches a wave all by himself, and Ashley all of a sudden hears that same level of volume I hear, and uh, her voice is, go Hudson, way to go, over all the waves are crashing, and there's just something about, at least with some of the moms I've experienced, their ability to break over, through the noise and to uh, cheerlead for someone else. And, and I just so appreciate that about the ways in which moms support uh, their, their kids, um, and hopefully that's the case that you've had experienced in your life. Um, but I've also experienced something new uh, now that I'm a, a parent, and, and that's something, unfortunately, is not as joyful when it comes to when I think about uh, mothers. And, and that's that, um, uh, if I were to title this after a, a friend's sitcom, they, you know, the, the one with is what they did in Friends, if you know uh, the show. Uh, this would be the ones with the checkout line at the grocery store. 
Um, because I do uh, a number of things, but one of the things I do like to do is cook, which means I find myself going to the grocery store. And on Saturday mornings, I try to get the kids out of the house so Ashley can uh, sleep in, because on Sunday mornings, I'm here uh, earlier than anyone ought to be here. But um, on Saturday mornings, I get the kids out of the house, and when we're able to, you know, go into the grocery store and get donuts or whatever, um, you know, they're in their pajamas, and they're kind of uh, running around, because that's just what they do. And, you know, a, a common refrain that I get from them is, or from people that I see is, oh, how great of you to take your kids out. Oh, it's so nice that you're doing that for your wife. And they just cheerlead me. And I feel like a great dad. And it's really awesome. Um, but I uh, kind of juxtapose that with the experience I know of many moms, which have quite the opposite experience <laughs> when they go to the grocery store. Because they're not cheerleaded. They're rather glared at. And, you know, people, instead of saying, oh, you're so amazing for getting the kids out of the house, they might say something like, get control of your child. It's rolling around on the ground over here. They bumped into me, and ouch, that hurt my ankle with the grocery cart. And it's just an experience that's very different for dads, especially dads uh, that are involved and taking their kids out, because we get cheerleaded, because for a a season in our society, dads didn't do that as much. Um, And so now we're supported and encouraged to be more involved and to do things like taking the kids to the grocery store. Um, But it it was a a sad reflection a little bit on that difference that people have or that men and women have in their role of fatherhood and and motherhood. Um, And I think that there's something to be said about that perception. Uh, I, one of the things I did when I was at Duke Divinity School is I did a a certificate, and that certificate was in you know, gender, theology, and ministry. And so we took uh, various classes uh, like feminist theology, and then we even took some classes in the women's studies department um, at Duke uh, to learn from different perspectives. And I was surprised, because not growing up a female, to learn that uh, women have this experience of being perceived and watched by others. Um, and I think that that was uh, as particularly uh, evident in the Friends series I was kind of like watching to get ready for uh, this Sunday morning. Um, if you know anything about the series, you know that uh, Monica and Ross are uh, brother and sister, and one of the dynamics of their brother and sisterhood is that they compete with each other all the time. And so like when they get on the football field on Thanksgiving, they're like going at each other. But then they also tend to compete with each other with their parents' affection. And right from the beginning of the series, season one, episode two, you get the sense of how this works out differently for Ross and his parents and Rachel, or, and Monica and the same parents. And right from the beginning, the mom is just hypercritical of every component of Monica's life. I mean, she uh, cut up some fancy, uh, you know, curry cucumbers, and the minute she puts it in her mouth, she goes, hmm that's interesting. And then when they sit around the table, they talk about how Ross shoots for the stars and can do anything he wants to do, while Monica, you know, is just happy with where she's at. And, you know, later on in the series, uh, they go on to talk about how they, you know, exhausted Monica's wedding fund on a beach house because they never thought she would actually uh, become married, and all sorts of other critical ways in which um, they like, related to each other. And it's an unfortunate reality because I think sometimes I have found as a general statement that that has been an experience that uh, people have had with mom or grandma. I know that um, different generations have said that, like they feel watched. 
And it's not just by moms, but it's also by, or by someone's mom, but it's also by outside people that they're watching us and kind of going to tell us what we've done wrong. And, and I bring all of this to the conversation because I think that one of the important components of what it means to be in community with each other and one of the main kind of staples for what it means to be an authentic friend is not to find opportunities to tear down or to criticize or to correct, but to find opportunities to build up out of mutual affection and love, to, to build one another up and to think on what is good and to encourage that person. We need more people in our lives not to be critical about what we're doing wrong. We need more people in our lives to be like the moms that we can hear over all the noise that's going on that are cheering us on and patting us on our back and picking us up and telling us to go, letting us know that we're loved no matter what. We need more people in our lives like that, and we need to be more like those people to others. And one of the things that I think that we ought to do is to celebrate with someone when they celebrate. And, and what I mean by that is that we've talked a lot about being the shoulder for someone to cry on when they're going through a difficult space. And I think that is a very important thing about what it means to be a friend. To find that space where someone can just be, find that space where someone can, you know, lament and cry out and fr be frustrated, and just to offer that steadfast love. But I also think what we need is that person who just cheerleads for us on our behalf. Because, uh, you know, I hate to say that when I got a little bit older in high school, that voice of my super supportive uh, mother who was yelling out over uh, the noise of everything else started to make me, you know, like, oh, mom, really? <laughs> and what I really needed were other voices at the same time. I, of course, look back on my mom's voice, but I needed other voices to support me and to cheerlead me. And I can think through some of the people that have been most influential in my life, and I've probably talked about them before, but uh, one of the people that helped me into my faith journey was my young life leader, Chuck Jameson. And he was just there and encouraging and just uh, loved on me and all of the friends that I had. But I remember him, too, at the, at the side of the cross-country races, and he would be there, and he would be consistent, and he'd be cheering me on and celebrating with me when I celebrated. He celebrated with me when I decided to go to APU, and then when I decided to go to Duke and other opportunities that I've gone through this ministry journey, he celebrated with me. And that encouragement and the joy that he gave me as a mentor and a supporter helped me in my journey. See, the Apostle Paul recognizes in the midst of what it means to be community that we need supporters more than critiquers. And, and if you know, I, I've talked about Paul all the time, but one of the things that I talk, the reason I talk about Paul, because I think it's so relevant for us, that Paul was dealing with in his ministry people that were coming through and critiquing everything that he was doing wrong. Forget the fact that he has reached out and brought the gospel to Gentiles in ways that no other Christian of the time had, Forget the fact that he had traveled all throughout Asia Minor and then into Greece in a way to communicate God's love, and he brought money back to Jerusalem, but it wasn't enough that people were coming through and saying, yeah, but Paul's right, but he's off base. 
he's a little too progressive, a little too uh, inclusive. Uh, you need to still follow the Torah. You need to still follow and do these things. And so he's dealing with that sort of criticism in his ministry, and he believes it to be toxic. He believes it to be toxic, and one of the things that he encourages them in Romans 12 is kind of the beginning of what is known as the ethics for the church within the book of Romans. And so it's not surprising that he begins with this sense of mutual love and support that each one of us has our own gifts and our own talents, and that some of us to minister as we're minister, other prophecy as prophesy, that all of us have these gifts and rather than going around and telling other people, well, that's good, but, you know, you could do that differently, how might we just celebrate someone? Celebrate the work that is happening. Celebrate the, the good news that's going on around us. You know, just this morning, I was talking to uh, Steve, our church council chair, and we were talking about the idea that someone within our outreach ministry want us to be doing... Um, uh, I want to do a food drive, which we're going to talk about a little bit later about what that might mean for us. But um, he then goes, yeah, and you know, this is what we're doing at Hawaiian. And I think sometimes churches tend to, you know, kind of, um, Hawaiian Airlines, Steve works for Hawaiian Airlines. And so he was telling us about what they're doing, and they're doing a lot of good stuff right now. And, you know, sometimes churches tend to get like territorial or like, oh, we're not doing what they're doing. And, and you know, oh, well, they're not you know, doing the gospel, or they're not doing something else, but how might we just say, yeah, Hawaiian Airlines, you like, your job is to move people from this place to this place, place, but you're bringing masks, you're giving food, you're giving out gift cards, you're supporting your ohana and your community in ways that you never uh, probably expected to be doing because you never expected to be in this situation, but we just want to celebrate the work you're doing. What might it mean for us to celebrate the good stuff that's happening? I know I, uh, talked to Leanne, the director of the YMCA just down the road, and, and she's telling me how, uh, how difficult it has been because they've had to, you know, change everything they're doing, but now they're feeding so many people on their lunches that they're providing and helping supplement the school systems and the lunches that they bring, and they're trying to open up preschool-type activities for essential workers, and they weren't in that business at all, but the, just the ways that they're reaching out and they're, they're doing things is just celebratory, something that's so great. And we can do that at a broad level, but how do we also do it at an individual level? See, I know many of us are our worst critics. We think through in our minds the things that we might have done wrong or the might have, could have done better, and the last thing sometimes we need is the voice of a well-intentioned person telling us exactly what we knew already. Like, we, we could have done that differently. But what we really probably need is that person that's in our corner, person that's cheering us on, telling us, yeah, parenting is hard, or yeah, it's, it's hard to be at home alone right now, you know, but you're doing an amazing job. What does it look like for you to be a cheerleader during this time, to celebrate to encourage, to lift up, to love the gifts of other people and all that they bring to the table. What does it mean for us to be better cheerleaders than we are critics? Because it is way easier to point out the flaws sometimes. 
At least it feels better. Something about it, I think. But rather than look for what's wrong in the world, what if we try to look for the good? I know Jesus certainly tended to do that. Rather than dismiss people as sinners or prostitutes or whatever label they carry that happened to be negative, tax collector, paralytic, Instead, he saw the good, the potential, the hope. So on this Mother's Day, when hopefully you can remember that encouraging, supportive voice, and if you can't and you happen to have that relationship like Monica had with her mom from Friends, the irony uh, there was there's an episode at um, Monica's mom's funeral. And Monica experienced her mom in all of these critical ways, and they have this meaningful conversation, one that's not very common in the sitcom series. And the mom says, you know, it was such a shame. I always felt criticized by my mom. So just the natural way I think that she lived that out was to do the same to her daughter. So if you happen to have that sort of relationship with a parent or someone else that you know, we have the opportunity to break that cycle, to build up the next generation, to build up our neighbors, our friends, to be a cheerleader as much as possible whenever possible. Certainly there are going to come times when we redirect. But this morning, how might we cheer? I want you to invite your kids to do it, to say a thank you note and just to post it on uh, Instagram or you know, send it via email to another friend or someone else involved in their life. How might you reach out to someone kind of like we did in the authenticity challenge and just out of the blue just say, you know what, you have profoundly built me up in my life. That you were that cheerleader for me and I hope you know that I loved and appreciated it. And then maybe you do the same. Maybe one of those people that you see as you scroll through on Facebook, you stop, instead of just viewing, make a comment. A meaningful, uplifting comment that shares that sense of mutual love. There's lots of ways we can do it. And that's for you to discern and you to pray about. But this morning as we give thanks for moms and the way they encourage us and nurture us, we also remember that God does that for each and every one of us, whether you've experienced that with your family or not. That God is your cheerleader. That God sees you as a precious gift, a piece of a mosaic that reveals God's love, that only you can portray to the world. So let that shine 
and let others know that they have that same gift within them. This morning, I'm going to invite us to a, a song of response after this prayer, the servant song, about how we might encourage and serve other people and let them do the same for us, right? To believe the words that people say about you. I invite you to pray with me. Gracious God, we give you thanks that, like a mother, you cheer us on in this journey of life. When we cry, you lament with us, but when we rejoice, you rejoice with us. Help us do the same. Help us be those shoulders to cry on, but also help us be the people in others' corners. Lifting them up and boasting about their amazing gifts. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.